Welcome to Premiere the Play, bringing the theater from our homes to yours. Premiere the Play, new theatrical works from the pen to the page to the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Rebecca Lynn, and this is another special bonus episode of Premiere the Play. With me today is the New York City playwright, Steve Gold. Steve wrote Women and Guns, which you heard earlier this week. Glad to have you with us, Steve. Yeah, glad to be here. Now, Steve, Women and Guns is a play that deals with incredibly heavy, complicated, and politically charged issues. What drove you to write this play? I read a book uh, called The Journal for Jordan, and... Uh which is a, uh, it's about to be made into a movie or it may actually, may actually be a, a movie now. And uh, it was written by a New York Times uh, writer whose uh, companion served in the uh, Iraq war. He was a sergeant and he, he was ultimately killed by a, a roadside bomb, I believe. And uh, they had a, a, a child, a small boy, a baby, I, I guess. And uh, at the time he was a baby and um, the book, which was became a bestseller, uh, is basically it's a long letter the the, the writer addressed to her son about uh, the, his father and what kind of a man he was. And um, I read the book; it, it, it was quite moving, uh, needless to say. Okay, that's part one. Uh, part two is um, I saw a movie after this called uh, on it was on the Turner Classic. Uh, movies, which I watch often. It was called The Best Years of Our Lives. And um, it's about, it was made in 1946. It was a big hit. It was about three uh, veterans returning from World War II and they each have their own problems. Uh, one was a, an incipient alcoholic. The other had both his hands blown off in combat. Another had post-traumatic stress disorder. Anyway, I, I, I thought of writing a play. After I read Journal for Jordan, I thought of writing a play about a, a, a man who goes to Iraq and serves there. And um, after seeing uh, the best years of our lives while watching the movie, I thought, well, this is, this is a pretty good movie. And I don't think I could add anything new by uh, you know, writing about a, a man who serves in combat then I got the idea, well, what about a female, a woman who serves in combat? And uh, not only that, but her, her boyfriend is a civilian and he's safe in California. So what, what kind of, uh, you know, dynamic would that set up? I mean, here she is uh, serving in combat, although officially at the time, uh, women uh, were barred from combat. But uh, th th that was circumvented. I mean, it's you have a sniper shooting at you. The sniper doesn't care if you're male or female. So uh, anyway, she's in harm's way, and the uh, her boyfriend is home waiting for her. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a reversal of uh, you know the, the the man going off to war and the woman waiting for him to return. You know, by the fireside, and uh, that's basically the basis of the play. I mean, the the rest of the play is fairly conventional, and uh, I, I did this on purpose. I, I wanted to make this relationship between the, the the woman combat soldier and the civilian boyfriend the center of the play, and it, 
everything else is uh, conventional. And uh, that's, that's basically the basis of the play. If it, that's the, the reason I wrote it, this relationship. That's great, yeah. Going off of that then, we see why you made the protagonist female. Can you discuss your perspective on women serving in the military? And, and you said at this time, can you give us dates on when this play is set so we're all on the same page? It's around, uh, if I remember correctly, it's around 2005, 2006. And uh, at the time, uh, as I said, women were not allowed to serve with combat units. That, that was subsequently changed. But, uh, and, and I make this part of the plot of the play, the fact that the, her boyfriend is obviously worried, and, uh, but he's reassured that it's all right, women can't serve in combat, she's all right, she's in a safe place. But uh, as the play uh, moves along, uh, we find out that in fact, she's not safe. She's, she's fired upon and uh, she's in danger of being blown up by uh, roadside bombs. So uh, th this is part of the tension of the play. And uh, later on, as you know, she accidentally kills uh, an Iraqi girl. It becomes even more uh, uh, graphic. So, uh, yeah, the, the 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 you know the, this tension between uh, the, the 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 woman uh, officially not allowed to serve in combat, and yet she she does serve in combat. You know, so uh, that's part that's that's a major part of the play. You know, absolutely. Yeah, and now. As an Air Force brat myself, born and raised in the military. What, what and, base? Oh, we moved all over. Every two years, we were somewhere else. So you must have been in like 20 schools or something, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We moved a lot. So having this perspective, this play was incredibly powerful for me. Did you ever serve or have any personal connection to the military yourself? None. None, none whatsoever. This topic just appealed to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's all, all new stuff to me. I, I never served. No. By the time I came of age, it was a volunteer army, so uh, there was no draft or anything. Yeah, of course, of course. So why did you choose to set this play in that time period, around 2005, when there wasn't only political turmoil, but also cultural turmoil within the military? Yeah, I, actually, I, I do address that somewhat uh, about the sexual harassment. There's a brief uh, part in which her, her fellow Marine uh, Gives her a Bowie knife for protection against uh, male harassment. So, yeah, that that was part of it. I I I, I do briefly discuss the military culture, but again, it, it goes back to this relationship uh, because before the Iraq War, this play cannot have been written at all. So that that's why I chose this particular war because it, it was the first time that women really served in combat. All right, so uh, that that's why I chose this particular time. And, and place, the Iraq war. So yeah, as I, as I said, the, the play could not have been written before then. That makes total sense. So in your opinion, why does Tiffany have so much trouble reconciling her peaceful home life with Bobby and her military combat life even before she went through those traumatic events? Well, as I said, it's, it's very awkward to have a, a, a woman soldier and a, you know, the, the, the boyfriend is a civilian. He doesn't understand what she's going through. And this makes for a very awkward uh, uh, relationship. And then that, that, that's what I wanted to uh, look at. You know, this, it's a, uh, an upside down relationship. It's the opposite of the best years of our lives. So that, 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 that's what I, I wanted to look at. It. This, this particular relationship. Yeah. And how others see it as well. How uh, her cousin sees it, right? 
he thinks it's a joke. You know, the woman is serving and the, her boyfriend is his home. You know, we're waiting for her. He, he thinks it's kind of a joke. And uh, yeah, so it, it, this relationship is the center of the play. That's, that's really why I wrote it. Yeah. Now, can you tell us about your personal writing process? Uh, how do your plays develop over time? Uh, well, uh, I write in pencil on the scraps of paper or a, a, a legal pad, if I'm lucky, <laughs> if I can get one. Uh, my philosophy of uh, writing is uh, I try to tell a compelling story and, uh, and then, uh, at the same time not uh, annoy the audience. You know, I try to, uh, to satisfy the audience. I'm, I'm there to satisfy the audience. I'm, I'm, I'm providing a service, entertainment. And uh, if I can get 51% of the audience to uh, like the play, then I consider it a success. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not going to satisfy everyone, but uh, if I can satisfy the majority of the audience, then uh, uh, I consider it a, a success. It's my obligation to satisfy the audience, my duty to do so. So that's that's my philosophy. Tell a compelling story and don't don't piss off the audience. Don't don't annoy the audience. <laughs> so talking about the audience, then, what do you hope your audience takes away from this play? Uh, I, I hope they're moved by it. Uh, I hope they have an understanding of what it's like to serve in combat. It's it, it's a shattering experience. Uh, my father served in combat in World War II. He was severely wounded and. In the Germany, a place called the Siegfried Line, and uh, yeah, he suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. It, it, combat, it, it's a it's a terrible thing to kill another human being, a stranger, and uh, that's the, the, the that's what I tried to uh, impart in this place. Especially in this case, it was a girl, an Iraqi girl that's accidentally killed, and uh, the, the, the shattering effect upon uh, the Tiffany. And uh, what, what, what it means to kill someone, a stranger, it's, a, it, it's an awful uh, thing, cataclysmic. And uh, I myself, I, I can't imagine ever killing uh, anyone, a stranger or any, anyone. But uh, these people, they're called upon to kill strangers. And uh, it's, 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 to me, it's dumbfounding, you know, it's horrifying. So that, that's, that, that's what I wanted to impart to the audience. I love that. And I really appreciate you putting a voice to this. Uh, now we're almost out of time, but is there anything else you'd like to share with us about Women and Guns? No, I, I just want to thank you for uh, for providing a platform uh, for my play. And uh, I, I, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, again, the, the thanks a million because it's, it's, it's people like you who uh, support the theater and uh, they're my lifeline. Well, thank you for entrusting us with it. It's been a pleasure. Everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us for this special bonus episode. If you have any questions for Steve, ask them on Premiere the Play's Instagram or Facebook. And stay tuned for another brand new play coming next week. You've been listening to Premiere the Play, featuring new plays from around the world. Produced by Dean Productions, a 501c3 nonprofit. Like what you hear? Visit our website for past episodes and to make a tax-deductible donation.